Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. What a rowdy bunch of people. I sense somebody in the house loves Jesus and somebody walks in on the line. Loves Jesus. Let's give him a big shout this morning. Come on. Come on. You know, we have on the Sunshine Coast right now, we have uh, a World Ironman event. And uh, watching them, they're in the cycling phase this morning as we were driving down the motorway. They have part of the motorway blocked off, which a lot of you would have experienced. Probably getting here wasn't as easy this morning. Uh, But they would have already had the swim some ridiculous hour and it's raining on the sunshine coast and it's actually quite cool for us it's not cool from where you're at but it's cold for us and uh, i was thinking those poor guys you know and gals have been in the water i don't know how far they swam but it's a long ways anyway more than i'd want to swim in an op- open ocean swim not not in a swimming pool and then they're on their bikes and they're going to do like a ridiculous amount of kilometers on their bikes, and then they get off the bikes. I think it's, this is the order of it. And the last one is they got to do this mammoth run in the freezing cold with wet shorts and all the rest of it. And I thought, what dedication is that to get up in the morning and to have trained all that time and, and from all over the world, wherever they're at, uh, in different weather, climatic conditions, to have done that. And, and I think. I really want to see some iron men for for God, and God's looking for that. In fact, this world is looking for what we have got, and politicians aren't going to solve it. I hate to break the news to you, Uh, (laughs) but God is on the throne, and he expects his church to be the change agent in this world. That's us. We are the iron men of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, say hi to somebody wherever you're at. If you can, if you're alone, say hi to your cat or dog, but make sure that you greet somebody. Thank you, amazing team. You guys are awesome. On the way down to the seat. A big welcome again to City Church and City Church Online. What a friendly bunch of people. You're supposed to be isolating. Do you understand that? So back off. Just don't be so friendly. Uh, So I just want to say, uh, again, a big hello to you. And I'm expecting you today to discover something amazing about God and about you. There's two parts to this, God and yourself. And we're in number four in a series called, this is one word, it doesn't exist. It's not in the dictionary, so don't bother looking for it. It's faith formation, kind of like transformation, only faith formation. Faith being formed in you as Christ is formed in you. And I'm so excited about this morning's message because I believe this, that faith is not static, and we're going to unpack that this morning, but uh, I've called this morning's message Faith Flow. And and that could be one word or two words, depends on what you really want, I really don't care. Faith Flow this morning, and uh, I believe that this morning you're going to get something amazing out of that. Does anybody marvel about creation other than me? Do you ever, like, uh, you know, they've had all these satellites going up and uh, these explorer things from Voyager to Cassini uh, or whatever it is, I don't know. They've sent them all out there anyway. They're taking pictures of all these planets in, in you know, our solar system and further and beyond and everything, and they're getting like, you know, close-ups of Venus and Mars and Neptune and, and uh, all the different moons around all the planets and everything else, and I'm just mesmerized by that. I just think, that is so 
absolutely incredible what God created. And one of the other things that amazes me about the whole thing of creation is that God created us in a way that we could actually figure it out, that we could actually have the brains to work out a lot of the things that we've worked out to actually launch something into space and send it to you know, do loops around a planet in a, law, in a far, far place, far, far away. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing stuff that, that we can do that. The miracle of life itself, and I think about the endless expanse, both inwardly with the at, at atomic, subatomic uh, world, and outwardly in our ability to figure all that out. There is a branch of mathematics, and it focuses on chaos. <laughs> in fact, something called chaos theory comes out of that. And, and, and that in itself is amazing. It's, it's something that uh, we they study chaos. It's chaos theory is what it's called. And it states that within the apparent randomness of chaotic complex systems, there are underlying patterns, interconnectedness, constant feedback loops, repetition. I, I don't even understand anything I'm reading here, but this is the definition for it. Uh, self similarity, fractals, and self-organization, chaos theory. You may have, may have heard of the butterfly effect, and it's just uh, a metaphor, so don't, you know, I don't believe this. I hope that you don't either, but, uh, you know, it goes something like this, that a butterfly flapping its wings in Rio, if you're from Rio, it's actually pronounced Rio, uh, in, in Brazil, uh, a butterfly flapping its wings there can cause a tsunami over here, or a typhoon, or a cyclone, or whatever. Uh, you know, that's kind of like an exaggerated metaphor of that, but the initial, the initiation, the initial event of something causes ramifications or a ripple effect way further on down, down the road. In other words, it's not static. The universe is not static. It's not stationary. It's not this event has nothing to do with that event. Everything is interconnected. Everything has something to do with everything else. And I'm amazed at people that can figure that out. But as a believer, I, I spend so much time just thinking about how amazing is God. I like to work things out. I like to work out the spiritual principles and, and how God does that is his, his modus operandi, if you will, the, his processes. And, and when I get into scripture, it's just amazing how everything is connected and, and it just takes time to sit and ponder and think and, and ask questions. And God is always there to answer those questions. And so I hope that your desire to work out, especially when we're talking about faith, I hope that you're not static and you're thinking about this. And so I would ask you for uh, the next 45 minutes or so, if you could just really just put aside some of the stuff that you've been taught, I know that's hard, and just learn something new and, and, and ask some questions and, and, and dig into some new territory this morning as we look at faith flow. Understand God's purpose and plans are beyond our minds. We have to get into a realm where we tap in through the Holy Spirit who teaches us. But to make sense out of the mess, I really think that you really got to get into God. You look, I look out and I think, what a mess. But chaos theory says there's something to this thing and we can look at some things and there's, there's cause and effects in everything. 
I look out and I say, what a mess. And then I have to ask that question. I hope that you're open to ask that question this morning. So God, what are you doing in the mess? What, what's my uh, work in the mess? What, what, what's my role to, to work in a messy situation? Because there doesn't seem to be any order in any of this stuff. And it just seems like so much doom and gloom and so much chaos and, and, and just so many problems and so much sadness in this world. And, and all of these things are absolute reality, but in there, God is working. God turns bones into gardens. Uh, I believe that. And so it's important for us to tap into that. Uh, now, faith, again, is not static. And faith has an effect that goes beyond the immediate. Now, the definition for faith that we've looked at, and we look at it again and again and again, is in Hebrews uh, 11. One, I'll just, just uh, uh, read it out for you. Now faith is, now faith is, present tense, thought you said, Pastor Ed, that faith is not static. Wait a minute. <laughs> Just hold on. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. The evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now here is the deal. Faith <laughs> moves with the moment. So when I said that, and I read that definition out to you, we were in the moment. We were in a now moment. In fact, when I just said we were in a now moment, and I just said that I, when I quoted those things out that we were in a, a now moment, everything I said is now in the past. We have now moved on from that, and faith, like time, moves on into the future. Now faith is, now faith was when I said that, now faith is moving forward. You are moving forward in your faith into your future so that the moment now that you have to exercise faith is not the moment that's now in your past. Am I confusing you at all? The butterfly effect or the chaos theory, it, it, the flow of this whole thing, that everything I did here has an impact now everywhere I go there, and I've got to move with that. My faith is not static. Faith starts in the present. It flows into the future. The future becomes the present, and the present now moves into the past. So God is always taking us somewhere. Your faith is taking you somewhere. Your faith is not static. You can never arrive at this. I, I, I hear people, they love to lament, especially older Christian people. Well, let me tell you about in my day. Uh, you know, we experienced revival. Bravo. But your day's gone now. And the effect of that revival or whatever you experience hopefully is rippled on now and moved on and hopefully that revival back there has moved this generation right here to move into that generation that's up there and the present just keeps moving into the future and the present that, that you had is now moved into the past and you're going forward in your faith. Have you ever noticed that Jesus was always coming and going? I, I look at that. I, I, I read through the Gospels, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I, and, I, and I find over and over again. And then he left there, and he came, and he went there. And then Jesus had to go, so he left there, and he moved on, and, and he moved over to there. He's always coming and going. He's led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God, uh, he, he says, is like the wind. You can't see the Spirit. Nobody knows where it came from. 
and where it's going. But one thing about the, the wind is it's always moving. Wind is not wind if it's not blowing somewhere. If you're not going somewhere in your faith walk, then you probably are lacking in faith. You need to pick it back up again. You're going to have to move. So Jesus was always going somewhere. But here is, I believe, one of the great points that I want to give with you this morning is that uh, the object of our faith is him, not our faith. He is the target. The Bible says in Hebrews, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And because the object is always moving or the target, if you will, is always moving, you've got to move. I don't shoot and I don't shoot bows and arrows and I've done that before, but, or rifles, I've done that, guns and all that kind of thing. My, my, my cousin took my, my uh, son Mitch and I, we, we were in Detroit and he had some serious weaponry. Uh, my cousin Ken, who went to a, a range in Detroit there and the, you know, one of his guns is like a cannon. And then somebody else at the range there had a bigger gun. I think he had a 44 Magnum, like, you know, Dirty Harry, make my day kind of a gun. And we're in there, and, you know, this thing was boom, and it's like going off like a cannon. And it just scared me, actually. But the targets were stationary. Now, the target that we have, God, the object of our faith, he's moving. So... The principle is this, if you really want the best chance of hitting a moving target, move with the target. Move with him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes upon him. We sing that song uh, this morning. We had a prayer time, and it was amazing. You know, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Look, look into his glorious face. I don't know how the words go, something like that. I'm really bad with words, with songs. I will mess it up every time. But, uh, you know, fix your eyes upon him. He is the author. He is the finisher. He is the object. He is the, the whole reason. The, the, you know, the Bible says this. It says, have, have faith. In God, not, not have faith in your situation or any other thing because every other thing is going to fail. Listen to the scripture in Jeremiah 17, 7. It says this, but blessed is the one who trusts in, now here's the object of your faith, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, not your ability and not even your faith. But the object of your faith, whose confidence is, get this, in him. That confidence is called faith. The result, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. The stream is moving. The roots have to grow into that. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves, its leaves are always green. It has no worries. See, we say in Australia here, you know, no I'll say it. These guys will laugh. You know, no, no worries, mate. <laughs> there you go. Everybody have a good laugh. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Jesus came up with it. God wrote it, not the Aussies. You guys didn't invent no worries. God says it right here. It has no worries. In a year of drought. <laughs> We're in a pandemic. No worries. Oh, you kind of it. Oh, this is going to get you, and that's going to get you. No worries. No worries. Got to say it like a yank. And it never fails, and never fails to bear fruit. 
See, your faith is a deep-seated trust or confidence in a person. It's also translated, your faith is the title deed. What he said, he's going to do. He, don't doubt his word. Whatever he said he will do, he will do it. Whatever, wherever he takes you, don't worry. Have no worries. Faith is not focusing, though, on your circumstances, hoping they will change because of the intensity of your belief. So that's where people miss it. They're focusing on getting the job. I just got to believe stronger that I'm going to get the job. No, 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 no. You've got to focus on him, not getting the job. Oh, I got to get this money. I'm just focusing on, on this money. No, get your eyes off getting the money. Yeah, no matter how intensely your belief is, I'm trying to get the money. Get the, show me the money. No, focus on him. The moving target is him. He wants to move you out of your current situation into your preferable future, but you got to get with the target and move with the target and fix your eyes on the target, the object of your faith. Not believing that the sickness is going to go. Some people when it comes to sickness, uh, you know, be healed, be healed. Sore, sore back, go. Uh, my sore back, I believe it, I believe it. I believe it all, but I can't, nothing's happening because your faith is in you. Your faith is in your intensity of the problem, not on the object. And so focus on money, you're going to hit something, but it's not going to be God. Faith is believing in him. That he is who he says he is. John 6, I'll give you some scriptures here. John 6, 28 says, they asked him, they asked Jesus, what must we do? <laughs> what must we do to do the works? The word works there means miracles. Good question. They're watching him do all this incredible stuff. They're following him. And then they go, what must we do? What have I got to do? Ooh, ooh, ooh. What have I got to do to do the works, the miracles? God requires, verse 29, Jesus answers. The work of God is this. Everybody ready for this? To believe on the one he has sent, which is him. Not believing that the problem's going to go away. Not believing that the sickness is going to be healed. Not even believing that you're going to get a job. Not even believing in, you could fill in the blank, but believing on the one who he sent. Oh, how hard this is. I know this message is so hard. You know, because we just want to do something other than focus on Jesus. That's why we sing about him, and I just encourage you. Scripture never, here, Scripture never talks about the faith of Jesus. Have you ever noticed that? Probably not. <laughs> It never does, because faith is our responsibility. Scripture never talks about the faith of Jesus. You'll never find that. Read your Bible, look, go Google it or whatever you want. You will not find one time out of 41 scriptures where Jesus mentions faith in the, uh, the New uh, Standard Version, there's not one time where he talks about his faith. There's not one time where they marvel that Jesus' faith. Why? Because he's the object of our faith. Scripture says this. It says, God is love. God he is. Wow. God is life. Woo! Man, is he ever. God is truth. There's no variableness nor shadow of turning in him. Everything he says is true. He cannot tell a lie. Somebody says, God can do anything. No, he can't. God cannot lie. He would violate the fact that he's truth. God is 
love, light, life, truth. God is spirit. But there's one thing the scripture never says, and that is God is faith. Why? Because faith is our job. God is always the object of our faith. And and every time he's speaking, he's always speaking of somebody else's faith. Jesus never used the term in the first person speaking of his only faith. No other writer in the Bible spoke of Jesus' faith either. Paul always talked about his faith from first person. They marveled at their faith. And people, Jesus always said, you know, where is your faith? Or you have little faith? Or you have no faith? But he never talked about his own faith because he's the object of all of our faith. The Bible says in, in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, I quoted this before, the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith is your job. What is your job? Keep your eyes upon Jesus. How do we do the miracles? Believe on him. It's just that simple. It is so simple, but we make it oh so complicated. First John 5, listen to this, verse 14. I know I got some scriptures here because I really want you to know this out of the word of God. Now, this is the confidence and I just, I just highlighted this in my Bible. This is the confidence that we have in him. Not this is the confidence that I have in my faith. Understand this. Your faith is not the object of your faith. <laughs> how strong your faith is, is dependent upon how strong your focus is on him and what he's doing. Faith is not the focus of itself. Sometimes people are trying to have faith in their faith. You can't have faith in your faith. You have to have faith in him. Now, this is the confidence that we have. Everybody say it with me. Come on, this is the word of God. Now, this is the confidence that we have. Come on, in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Somebody says, well, what if it's not according to God's will? And I ask it, he just doesn't hear you. Have you ever raised a child? Give me the candy, give me the candy, give me the candy. Deaf ear. You know, and you squeal. You get get last week's tape, Father's Day tape, then you'll understand how Brownie, Brownie remedied the whole thing with his belt. But, uh, you know, you, you move on. You always just move on. He doesn't hear you. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked, come on, say it again, of him. That we have the petitions we have asked of him. Is keeping your focus on him. Now, God is leading us someplace. He is the object of our faith. He is moving. He is not stagnant. Now, right now, he's father's stagnant on the throne, if you will. He's, he's seated on a throne, so he's not moving. He's father. That's God in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. (laughs) The son already did what he was going to do. He walked on the earth. He marched through opposition. He marched over, got hung on a cross, paid the price for all of our transgressions, all of our sin. He went to the cross, got, got raised from the dead after that. We know that. He ascended up on high, but guess where he's at right now? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Job accomplished. 
God incarnate, God with us, Emmanuel, the Son, God clothed in human flesh to show us what Jesus, what God looks like, to show us uh, God's will. He walked amongst us. He healed all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. So we don't have to wonder anymore if sickness and disease comes from God, if he's the author of that. No, he's not. He's the author of life. Jesus is the one that showed us that. Now, he is seated. So we got Father seated. We got Son seated. So how is God moving, Pastor Ed? He sent the Holy Spirit into the earth so that you could be filled and led by and taught by the Spirit of God. God is still with us right now, and God is in us, and he's present right now to lead you and guide you and to show you all things where you are supposed to go. He is going somewhere, but you've got to keep your eyes upon him. And we're just gonna, we're not gonna go all the way with this, but uh, I love this. John 4 and verse 4 and 5, and then we're just gonna uh, look at one big example of this, draw some things out of it, and then we're all gonna go home, have lunch here, and, and you'll have bedtime wherever you're at, probably some other part of the world. Uh, but think about these things. John 4, I love this. Now he had to go. Here we go. Always moving. He had to go through Samaria so he could come. He had to go so he could come. He, the object, had to go so he could come. You have to go with him so that you can come. You have to go so he can come. You have to go so you can grow. You have to move with the object or with the target when it comes to faith. Like I said, this is called faith flow. It's not static pond. This is not lake faith. This is flowing faith. He had to go through Samaria, not a good place for the Jews. It was the enemy. They had big altercations with the Samaritans. They intermarried with the Assyrians. They were the enemy. They worshipped on Mount Gerizim instead of Mount Zion. And they, you know, they had a whole different system. And they were bitter enemies. And, and, and these Samaritans, uh, he had to go through there so he could come to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. He had to go so he could come. See, listen to this, Romans ten seventeen. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As Jesus is speaking and as, he, as his spirit is moving, you have to go with that. Faith comes by hearing. You get out of earshot of him. You get out of relationship with him. You go into some kind of uh, a liturgical form of Christianity, liturgies, and, and just quoting things that you really don't uh, understand or even know or even believe. You get into like a fixation with religion, which is very static and, and, and it gets stale. He is the word. He is the bread of life. He is like fresh bread every day. He's like the manna in the wilderness. You try to store that up from even last Sunday, even today. Try to store it up. It's going to go stale. It's going to be stale bread. He said, give us this day our daily bread. It's eating of him daily. It's hearing from him daily. Faith comes by hearing and, and the message and the message is heard through the word about Jesus. He had to go through this place to this, t this town called Sychar. Now, that is mentioned, uh, there are many historical things that happen in that town of Samaria. This, the town is still there. It's not called Sychar anymore, but uh, it's looking up at two mountains. 
Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Now, they worship, like I said, uh, on Mount Gerizim. And, be, and one of these mountains was a mountain where they pronounced curses, and the other one was a mountain of blessing. And Joshua gave his farewell to arms. Joshua gathered the whole nation there after they crossed over, and he pronounced cursings and blessings of, of keeping the covenant right there at this place where this well is. And, and, it, and it was at Sikar that he gave that address. They had been at war with Israel now for a long, long time. So what's the lesson for us? Faith wants to flow wherever you go. Faith wants to be the evidence of what can't be seen. But faith also makes itself available to go where you don't want to go. I don't want to go across the room and talk to my enemy. We want to stay with people that are like-minded. Kind of a little safety zone, Christianity. You know, there's us and them. Us and them is alive in the church world. Everybody knows that. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I want to be around those people that like me, that understand me, that look like me, that talk like me, the little cookie cutter kind of a deal. How, but faith will take you because faith is moving. Jesus wants to walk across rooms. Jesus goes to Samaria. Jesus goes to Sikar. Jesus goes where the cursed mountain was and where the blessed mountain. And they're not doing it the right way. They're not supposed to worship on Mount Gerizim. They're supposed to worship in Zion. So therefore, we're not going to, we're going to avoid them. And, and, and Jesus shows up. Now, faith shows up when people follow Jesus to where he shows up. But they have to make themselves available. So he's coming and he's going. You must go to somebody so Jesus can come to somebody. And when you show up, Jesus shows up. God's agenda then becomes your agenda. <laughs> Faith causes you to walk where it's not comfortable. Getting the man with no legs in Vietnam was an experience. I don't know if I ever told that story or not, but you know, we did a missions trip to Vietnam, went to the Hamong people, uh, and we drove these minx motorbikes. They're, they're like an old brutish things from like the 50s. These things are so heavy and so underpowered. And you don't wear a helmet. You're going around hairpin turns. You, you look over the edge of the mountain, and it's like this big 100-something foot drop every time you turn. There's only enough room for a truck to come by and for you to put your wheel, like, and I'm not exaggerating, literally an inch or so from the edge, no guardrail. And I'm like, I, I texted my wife, phone worked. I said, this could be the last time <laughs> that we talk. I said, I'm seriously scared. I was shaking as I'm riding that thing. And then trucks were coming back down this mountain. We're going up the mountain. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, is this the way I'm going out? Oh, with this minx bike over the edge. And, and we got up to these really short people because the, that's their stature for climbing this, these mountains. And and got up there and, and spread the gospel to them. It was an amazing experience. And then somebody on the team, I wasn't leading the team, because if I had been, this would never have happened. But they said, there's a guy that we saw one other trip that has no legs. We need to go and give him this bag full of clothing and, and some food and stuff. And I'm like, 
seriously, like I'm ready to go home. Give me back on the flight. Give me that airport food right now. And, and let me watch some in-flight entertainment. Like, I am so ready for this. I've done my adventure adrenaline hit right now. Like, I'm over this. Like, I could say, I've got my red badge of courage. I didn't die. Right now, I'm still alive. Can't we just get back down? That's good. We had to go back down the same mountain. You know, like, oh, great. Uh, but going up, you're on the outside. Going down, you're on the inside of the mountain. So it's a lot safer. You're on the inside. They got it. Those suckers have got to go on the outside. But, you know, trucks don't seem to respect that rule. I don't know why that is. They weren't afraid of us motorcycle guys. You ever see in the movies where they're, you know, they're driving and the bad guys have motorcycles and they're coming up on them? I think, what's with that? Like, really? Just swerve, you know? <laughs> Hit the brakes hard. You know, whatever you want to do, it. pull the handbrake, swing around, go at them. Like, you know, a car. A motorcycle's no match for a car. Anyway, the, the, the legless man happened to be on the other side of the mountain, and it was pouring rain. And we got stuck, like bogged, because the road ran out. It's like these guys are like, no, the way is that way. It's this trail, and there's these massive ditches, and they're full of mud. And my bike got so bogged, seriously, that I was carrying the bike most of the time, and I'm, I'm just like, I'm wet from the rain, and I'm soaking wet from sweat, and I'm hungry, and I'm tired, and I'm carrying the, you know, the, the bike, and, and I got, we got to this little village, and uh, I said, hey, <laughs> there's no need for all of us to go see the legless man. <laughs> We're in a village. <laughs> There's food. <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> I'm going to witness to the people in the village. You go, you go on tell, and say hi for me. I've never met them. And, you know, you guys say hi. And they were cool with that. And they, they finally, you know, persevered, met, met the guy, gave him the food and came back. I was in the village toasting, marsh, uh, toasting something by the fire, uh, listening to these people. And, and, and then when they came back, they were talking about this experience and this testimony of this guy. I was so ticked off that I didn't go. <laughs> like, serious. Like, they're like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. Like, the, the, the miracles that we saw, we prayed for him. And, 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 you know, all these things happened since our last trip because we went before and we came back now. He had all these people. It was amazing stuff. Like, huge testimony. I'm like, I wish. But you know what? The pain threshold was too high. My faith didn't extend me to that level of inconvenience. I didn't surrender my agenda to God's agenda. God's agenda wasn't my agenda. And so therefore, I didn't do what God had told me to do. I felt that. John 4, 6, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well as it was about noon. Think about that for a moment. He's had a horrific schedule. They tried to kill him in Jerusalem, and now he's on his way to Galilee to get out of there so he can just still not get crucified ahead of time and, and, and goes through that place, and it's, it's hot in the Middle East. It's about noon. He's tired from his journey, so he sits down uh, on this well, and it says, Then when a Samaritan, verse 7, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to, buy, to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. You don't talk to 
women, full stop, let alone Samaritan women, and you are a Jew. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Oh, but faith does. If the object go, wherever the object goes, you have to go. You have to fix your eyes on him. Where are you going? Jesus, where are you in this situation? My eyes are fixed on you. I will go where you take me to go. I'm not going to do my own thing. Even when it's uncomfortable, even when the heat is intense, even when I'm not supposed to be talking to that person, we, we're not in the same class or group or, or ethnicity or nationality or whatever, whatever. All the excuses come up. They're not like me. Faith associates with people that aren't like you because Jesus likes, Jesus loves everybody. He goes wherever he wants to go to reach humanity. There's not one person that's ever been born that Jesus Christ did not die for and is not intensely in love with. Therefore, if the object says they're important and they're valuable, the legless man or the woman at the well, then who am I? I've got to go with the flow. That's why faith has to flow. We're going to close right now, so I'll get the team to come up. We're about out of time. I can see this message is going to be number four in faith formation today, number five in faith formation next week, and it's going to be number two in faith flow. So I'm going to confuse the daylights out of everybody before we're finished. And... uh, but my, my final uh, point this morning is that your faith has enemies. Now, you might think, who's the enemy, the Samaritan woman? No. No, the enemy's not the Samaritan woman. Your faith has enemies. To try to, the enemies of your faith are trying to get you to focus on something other than Jesus. Do you understand that? So what, what are the enemies of faith? Well, I'll just give you a few, and these are big ones. One of them is unrealized expectations. Well, I asked that before with intensity, and it didn't happen. I expected it, and it didn't happen. Or, let's rephrase this. It didn't happen on my terms the way that I expected it to happen. Therefore, God didn't answer. Therefore, why am I going to get my hopes back up again and get my faith working again. Maybe it's because your focus wasn't so much on him. It was on your situation. Unrealized expectations, disappointments, kind of in the same category. They're they're enemies. Doubt is probably the biggest one because we go with our head. We think because we have doubt in our head that we've lost our faith. I, I say this over and over again. I want the penny to drop for you like it did with me. Faith is in the heart, not the head. You can have doubt in your head. That's okay. We all do. But faith is in the heart. It's with the heart that you believe, not your head. So what's the deal? You've got to say to your head, get in line with my heart. I've got faith in my heart because it's the throne of God is in my heart. Therefore, my head has to line up with my heart. And when that happens, something amazingly powerful happens. If you get your eyes fixed on Jesus and make him the heart of your affection, then all of a sudden now those those thoughts of doubt have to go. Discouragement, difficult circumstances, they're all enemies of God. Opposing well-meaning people. It's probably the most cunning of all of them that we miss. We run into well-meaning people and we listen to them instead of listening and hearing him. Somebody said once that good is the, good can be the enemy of God. 
And I would say a big rousing amen to that one. <laughs> oh, but it seemed good to us. Yeah, it did, didn't it? And you missed it because you thought it was good, but it wasn't God. God is always God. If we keep our eyes fixed on him, then nothing else is going to matter. Hey, can I give you in the next, this is like going to be about a minute dash right now. And you can look these scriptures up. You're just going to have to write fast if you want. You can get the tape or watch this again. But, uh, you know, if you knew, <laughs> he says this in, in verse 10. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Oh, if you only knew who you're talking to right now. If you only knew that. See, faith isn't afraid to ask. When he's the object of your faith, you can ask. Now, here we go, and this is going to be fast here, but I want you, I'm going to emphasize uh, one word. You're going to get what this word is in a moment, but we're going to fly through this. And uh, Psalm 2, 8, ask me. The word is ask. <laughs> ask me. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. That's why our mission, raising generations, reaching nations, our vision, grace the nation. Oh, it's a pipe dream. Why isn't it happening? Because nothing happens quick. This is not instant vision and instant church and instant whatever. No, my friend. He says, ask and I will give you the nations. I've asked and I'm going to keep on asking. I just need a bunch of people that have enough faith to keep, keep on asking as well. Matthew 18, 19. Again, Jesus talks. I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they should, come on, you should be shouting right now, anything they should ask. Come on, say ask. It will be done for them by a Father in heaven. Matthew 21, 22. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Mark 11, 24. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name. I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John 15, 16. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever year, come on everybody, ask the Father in my name. He may give it to you. John 16, 23. In that day you will ask me nothing. Oh, truly. I say to you, Jesus talking, whatever you ask the Father, that day is when he's high and lifted up and seated at the right hand. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. James 1, 5, and 6. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously and without reproach and it will be given. Let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is uh, like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. I'm going to get through this. 1 John 3, 22. And wh whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandment and do what pleases him. And then 1 John 5, 14, and 15. And this is the confidence that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us we have whatever we ask that we know we have the request we have asked of him what's the point if you don't ask you don't get and most of us don't ask because we're afraid of missing it we don't know what his will is so we have a case sera sera well it's going to happen it's going to happen 
So we're stuck in chaos. We don't have a chaos theory to take us through. We don't realize faith flows and that God will bring order out of chaos. But he expects us to ask. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for every single person here right now that we would walk by faith and not by sight, that we would keep our eyes fixed on you and not anything else, that when Peter walked on water, his eyes were fixed on Jesus when he got his eyes off of you, Lord, and onto whatever it was, the waves, he, he sank. So I thank you today, Lord, that we would fix our eyes on you, move with you, that our faith would flow into hopeless situations like that woman in Samaria. There are people like that in your world right now that we would go with the flow and we would grow with the flow. And I thank you for every single person in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you to give you a chance to ask Jesus into your heart right now. Not a formula, but a prayer, a heartfelt prayer. If you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, believe that God raised him from the dead in your heart, you shall be saved. Not just a one-off salvation as in going to heaven, but continual salvation through life. Make him the Lord of every situation, the Lord of life. Believe in him, and you shall be saved. So if you want to say this prayer out loud, wherever you're at, just mean it in your heart. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus, so that I would have an object of my faith. Jesus, come into my heart. I give you my life right now. Amen. God bless you guys. Hey, looking forward to seeing you again next week. We're going to continue on probably with Faith Flow, but definitely Faith Formation. Got a lot, lot, lot of more things to share, but thanks for, for joining us today and have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.